Episode two of Tectonic. I'm really excited to talk about this with you. Uh, Jerry, you're the man of the hour. Why don't you give us a brief introduction on yourself? Yeah, thanks, Amy. It's great to be here. This is awesome. Um, so so Jerry Ravi, I'm the partner in charge of Eisner Amper Digital. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what that means and, and what we do along the way. Uh, been doing this 25 plus years in many different industries and really have a passion for technology in, in my career as well. So always trying to tech enable. And again, we'll talk a little bit about how that comes into a full traditional uh, background is accounting, but I put the technology uh, in there as again, the passion of what we do and what I do. So in essence, trying to bring peace of mind to our clients around what we call risks and opportunities. And again, we'll get into more detail as we go through it. Um, but that's that's what I do for the firm. Been here at Eisner Amper now almost 19 years. Wow. Yeah. A long time. Yeah. So the topic of today's audit and there's internal, as far as I understand, there's internal and external audit. And I know a lot of people are like, wow, this is a riveting topic. But it's actually, when I started doing research into it, I found that it was it was very interesting. There's a lot of really um, crazy stories in the past. I mean, Enron is, is one of the big ones. Can you kind of help break down, and you have some great analogies that, that can maybe help kind of uh, paint a picture of what audit is or why it's so important um, and how it kind of plays into the stuff that you guys do. Yeah. So, so in essence, you know, and I think you, you had asked, uh, how do you explain it to a five-year-old, right? <laughs> explain uh, like it's I'm difficult. Fine. So I'll go back to my kids are 13 and 15 and, um, I have tried to explain it to them over time. So I've actually used them as, as the guinea pigs. Um, but, but think about it an, an analogy for me is, you know, think about your home and you have objectives, right? Whether you have a family or not. But the objective is that home is to keep it safe, keep you safe, keep it looking good, right? Curb appeal. Uh, and that's an objective that you have. So as a company, you can think about it that way. We have objectives, we want to grow, et cetera. But in your home, you want to make sure the water is lawned, right? Mm -hmm. You want to make sure the ring camera is charged so that way you can see what's going on, uh, see when packages arrive. You want to make sure the doors are locked uh, in the evening in the right way. So think about audit as someone coming in and checking on that for you. Right. It's also called in, in our world lines of defense, uh, where the first line would in essence be those that are actually operating the home. And the second line uh, can give you advice on risk. And the third line is really internal audit. Beyond that, you have regulators and auditors. But I just look at audit as more of somebody and a group trying to help you actually do better mm -hmm. uh, to meet those objectives. So many companies, um, and think about the other side of that, right? Think about if something were to go wrong, right? That's usually a question we ask uh, when we when we do particular audits. What can go wrong? What's the risk? But again, I say risk can actually turn into opportunities. Um, I even go back to you know thinking about how you would audit something like cybersecurity. Uh, when my kids were five years old, one story is, you know, I remember giving my my son my iPad, and he had a friend over, uh, the next door neighbor, and. A friend actually asked, uh, what's the code? Because I had the passcode on it. Mm. And he gave the, the code out to, to his friend. And I pulled him aside and actually had to talk to him about good governance at five <laughs> years old. You know, this is, wonder, this is what you need to understand. You don't give out your passcode, right? And, and here's why. Um, it, it's hard for a five-year-old to understand that. But in essence, you, you are protecting what you have inside that home, right? So I always use that as an analogy. So I think I think one way we can frame the importance of audit is based off of the consequences of poor audit or no audit, right? Yeah. Because 
you know, for me, like if I'm running a company, the last thing I want to think about is, is defense. It's like, cause businessmen are usually aggressive. They're thinking about the offense, right. but really, uh, sometimes the best offense is a good defense or vice versa. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's funny, like your, your, your kid, when he was given out his password, not realizing because of his innocence that, you know, that, that could have major consequences. Um, I guess it's human nature to some degree, but like, what are the consequences? And obviously we could talk about Enron, um, but what, what is the human impact of, of the lack of audit or good audit? Look, I think, I think that's a great question. Uh, the human impact. I mean, I see clients, friends who have started companies and the, the consequence that they deal with, and there's an, the psychology of it too, behind the scenes is when they don't have something in place, right? They lost money, funds, someone committed fraud. Uh, those are, I think, are the easier ones. There's some other things that I would even call blind spots that are just sitting out there. Yeah, you're there to grow the company. That's the objective. How do you grow it without, you don't want to put handcuffs on anybody, especially if you're an entrepreneur. Uh, we see that a lot. But at the end of the day, you know, it, that's our view, right? We put the wrist lens on without trying to stop a company from the process of actually growing. Mm -hmm. um, so ultimately the consequence is a number of things. Again, not meeting your strategy, not having your financials in order and potentially uh, yeah, losing money. And ultimately operationally, you're just unable to operate the company. So worst case scenario is the company goes under, company goes bankrupt. Um, and obviously people get laid off. They get laid off and think about retirement. the mental, right. Think about the mental state of, of what happens there. And, and I know we'll get there, but ultimately the, the, the consequences can be, uh, very drastic and dramatic. Yeah. Uh, so, so in essence, the owner of that company is certainly going to be, uh, think about the peace of mind concept. There's really no peace of mind promise at that point. If somebody didn't necessarily take care of their home, right? Right. Because now, like we were talking earlier, imagine that you didn't take care of your home or I didn't, my family's on the street. I think when it comes to protecting your house, I mean, Enron is one huge example. Yeah. You have Theranos, you have SVB, you have FTX. I mean, I, th I think there's a common thread, even though the, the regulation behind why these things failed maybe may look different, right? Yeah. And, um, how we can mitigate them from happening, you know, there are different solutions. I would love to get into that as well. Um, but I guess let's start with Enron. So Enron is, was an energy company, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think they were founded in the nineties and then they went bankrupt in what, 2000? It was 2001. 2001. It was 2001. Yeah. And, uh, so the auditor was Arthur Anderson. They were one of the big five. They were the largest. Oh, really? Five. Yes. So next to Deloitte. PricewaterhouseCooper, KPMG, uh, Ernst & Young, and then they had apparently a billion, they were showing a billion dollars in profit when they were actually in like a major loss. I mean, that is, that it's crazy. And the only way that could have happened is the CEO was in on it. And obviously he was. Right. There was a, an environment where even the audit firms weren't really looking at the, call it the controls over how things were done the operational practices versus just there's financials. Yes, the auditors clearly did something wrong. Arthur Anderson would still be here if there was no issue there, right? Right. Um, that that's that's a fact. Uh, but ultimately, 
I think if you if you let it loose a little bit, and and FTX is very similar. It only it it took an event, SVB similar. It at some point things will come together and and crash together, right? It's like a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. When I look at this, it always comes down to good governance. Right. Somebody did not think about governance in this process, and and unfortunately, and fortunately for companies that actually have a good governance structure, that starts at the board level too. Um, so ultimately, we got to figure out you know how we balance that, and I think that was completely misaligned with Enron, uh, and controls were overlooked, and they had whistleblowers too. I mean, people were actually blowing the whistle and saying, "I know something's wrong." I didn't check this information, but I'm being told to sign off on it, right? Mm. Those types of things. Mm. And now you have ethical issues at that point. Yeah. So it's almost like a domino effect. And, and there's no way you can continue doing that over, you know, however many years. I mean, yes, some, some can get away with it for a long period of time, but eventually it comes to roost. Um, and it always has. There's it, always a cost. There's always a cost. And, and at some point something happens. Um, and in that particular case, Obviously, once it was realized, you know they had to go through and and really unwind everything uh, with Enron, and then they they created regulation and compliance over it, and that's what typically happens. And it's going to happen with the banking right. regulatory reform uh, that will it happened back in 08 and 09 as well. Um, I've seen a couple iterations of this, mm-hmm. and and sometimes there's a balance there too. We have to be careful with that. Uh, I've always thought that although regulation sometimes is is not a bad thing. You also don't want too much, and you want to balance it with with what a company can do because you don't want to handcuff even. The, right. Let's just say you're going to start up a technology company, and you know you want to be handcuffed and have the raise double the amount of money that you had to raise to be able to handle compliance. That that's not ideal, right? Uh, in in this world, if we want entrepreneurs, because that's that introduces inefficiency and it slows down progress. It slow down progress. Yeah. Right. So we have to find that balance. Exactly. And one of the things that we talked to clients, even with SOX coming out back in, in 2002, one of the things that we always say is, how can you get the most out of it? More touch points on operational efficiencies versus, again, risk, opportunity. We have a mm-hmm. risk, I have to do this. I get it. And maybe even a necessary evil because I don't want to do it. Uh, but how do you get the most out of it? How can you actually mm-hmm. be more efficient? And we'll talk a little bit more about technology as well because- yeah. With, with what's happening on the technology front today, it's much different than it was in 2003, uh, in 2004 when I came to the firm where, you know, it was always at the top of mind for me, but ultimately I was always trying to come to the table and help a client do more with less mm-hmm. and be able to comply. This is a great segue to a more philosophical conversation, I guess, um, like the, the need to find balance because- yeah. You know, with SVB going down, it's like, okay, do we do we make it necessary for every single depositor to have to do their own due diligence on every bank that they ever put money in? That's not really feasible, right? So, and, and that's the thing with, you can't have unfettered capitalism and you can't have unfettered socialism. You have to have a, a balance and that's really hard to do. Yeah. Right. And um, I, was, I was digging into the Enron story and one thing that I found really interesting was that he, his favorite book apparently was called The Selfish Gene by Richard Dawkins. So, and he believed, this is his own words, that money and fear were the only things that motivated people. So uh, it got me thinking like, 
human nature has both of those things. It has greed, selfishness, and the desire to kind of yeah. transcend, especially like status, getting status and everything like that. So on the one hand, people would look at the story and say, see, this is why capitalism is terrible, right? And we need to move to socialism. But at the same time, you know, socialism doesn't, doesn't necessarily incentivize um, ambition, right? If you're ambitious, you know, some people more than others, there's no incentive in a socialist structure. So we need both, right? Because yeah. human beings are, uh, they're greedy on the one hand, but they're also compassionate and, and they like to cooperate within a community. So it's it's tough, but I think we need we need a little bit of of each of those things to to really build a strong society. I agree. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think uh, ultimately, you know, when you think about, like you mentioned, greed, I think ultimately, yeah, you could have some of that, but what about the human element? Right. What's going to happen uh, if if people actually think about that, and companies think about that? And I li- literally just had a, a meeting with. A potential client prior to coming here, um, where you know the audit committee chair was doing all the right things, making mm-hmm. sure things are covered, and it, for for all the right reasons. Even though they only have eight employees, I'm worried about those eight employees. I'm worried about where this is headed. I want to make sure I can touch all of these things and and not just say, oh, the only thing I'm worried about is making money, right? Um, so it, it's not just about that, but ultimately, I think this all comes together nicely if we have a good balance. Um, so, so I wanted to talk briefly about SVB FTX. Uh, I think this is a great segue. I know audit is a broad topic, and yeah. we can get into the different technology that's used. Um, but I think one thing that's misunderstood is blockchain, and uh, blockchain basically creates a decentralized system where everything is a little bit more transparent because it's immutable, which means that you can't, um, once once something is written to the blockchain, you can't undo it, right? Right. So do, have you noticed it in the audit world that blockchain is becoming more relevant? Uh, so, and a lot of the discussion is around how this is going to be used in the world of audit as well, not just how we're going to operate. How do we actually get back to to auditing uh, and and checking on how the controls are working within the blockchain. Have you heard of um, Chainlink proof of reserves? I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's an interesting concept of right. making sure that. Uh, and again, even going back with FTX and having some of this in the mix, I think um, you know going out and even the word proof, if you think about it, is sort of an audit right. concept in right. term. Right, uh, we're proving things out. We're validation is always key. bringing transparency exactly right um so what actually occurred you know in this world uh and can we actually see evidence of that is it traceable yeah right you have transparency over transactions yeah so so for the audience the way proof of reserves work is basically there's a smart contract and it updates automatically whenever the reserve increases or decreases um so one of the issues in the crypto space and this is a really interesting experiment because you know you have uh conservatives and you have liberals and then you have libertarians who are who, who want um more free market and less regulation crypto is kind of the wild west right and the consequences of that are that people lose money all the time uh ftx being a great example of that and um but what's cool is humans will come up with solutions 
right? They're not going to just be like, oh man, and then they're going to just move on and then invest in the next Ponzi scheme. They're going to say, okay, well, prove to me that you're trustworthy. And because of technology, now we can do this in an automated fashion, which is really cool. So um, the primary, it seems like the primary uh, advantage to proof of reserves is preventing hyperinflation through like minting of tokens. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there are all these cryptocurrencies where there's a fixed number of tokens and then they're like, oh, you know what? Here's a million more. Um, and if you do that, basically you're you're manipulating the reserves. And that it's kind of an interesting segue to the, the way the Fed works in, in a way. But the Fed is obviously a lot more regulated than, you know, some guy in his basement who just created a coin and wants to get rich. If the AI is doing some of your audit, how do you, how do you trust the AI, right? So, like, there's all these different components to it but can you talk to us a little bit about you know what what the newest or emerging technology within audit specifically that you're that you've seen and are most excited about yeah right now and and, and so i could tell you two things so i'll talk about what i'm seeing today uh from where we've been and ultimately where i think we were going that's exciting me and uh it's 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 actually what drives me to get up in the morning and do what I do, to be honest with you. I mean, the, the passion I have for technology has been with me since the beginning days of uh, even, you know, before I interned and, and even came into the world of, of accounting. So we're, we're maturing now, coming back from, I mean, if you think about where technology has been, I mean, I, I unfortunately, I'll, I'll date myself here. I mean, you have, you have the element, when I came into the workforce, I mean, you still had mainframes. You know, and then you went to your PC, your client server environment to SaaS. Um, you know, that's that that in and of itself is a is a pretty big jump in evolution. And in our world of audit, we have evolved. I actually think it's it's slow to move, but now there's an accelerator. I think you even said, you know, it's almost like you just you put that drop in the water, and all of a sudden it's it, boom, it's, it's yeah. fizzling. Um, and I think we're fizzling right now for the future. And I'll talk a little bit about that too. But right now it's really, we're focused on the data elements. And an example of that would be, we use a platform called Workiva and to do SOX compliance. And instead of asking you for documentation, we want to be able to get it from the different systems that you have, um, and pulling that in and providing some insights along the way. And that's where the automation can come from. I want to know 10 years from now or I mean, things are moving fast, so it could be even as soon as five years. But yeah, what is what does controls monitoring look like five ten years, or what does audit look like five ten years from now? Yeah, I think we're going to have a platform where um, we're going to be able to grab all the information that we need uh, to see the operation of of a particular control or a transaction, uh, and allow some AI components to actually look at certain criteria that make up that control or that transaction and give us some element of, I think, based on what you did before, I actually have these three things that I found, let's say. Almost mm-hmm. like pre-populate a potential observation. So like thing. the minority report type of thing. Yeah, just give me some information about you know where, where we think. And then I would have to spend some time on the human side, right? Trying to figure out what are the other value adds that are in here. And a good example of that is, for instance, you know, technology and, and accounting and regulation changing all the time, right? And, and maybe not at the speed of light for sure, but and every, each one has a different velocity in terms of speed. Ultimately, imagine how you plug that in and you're not doing that as a point in time. 
that it's happening continuously that there's an element of, okay, this needs to be checked because you know what? I know over here, the regulation changed or the accounting guidance changed and I need to make sure that I, I look at this. Very often when things are found in the audit world, and I'm even talking about the external audit world, it's after the fact, not during. So the picture that I want to paint for you is imagine that it's now during. It's happening, like you know it's happening. Again, it may not be exactly real time, but you're not going to have to wait four or five months, six months, or maybe even longer mm. to find out that I had a problem back in January of last year. So it sounds like if you've seen the Space Odyssey, you know, it's a classic movie. Yeah. And uh, you know, Hal is the AI. And it's like, I'm afraid I can't let you do that, Dave. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like an employee trying to do something and the controls monitoring just kicks in. It's like, yeah. no. No, you can't. Can't do that. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of dystopian, but I, I, I like I like that. I have to actually watch that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm imagining because you know I'm not really knee deep in the world of audit, but you know, t tell me how far off I am. I guess. Yeah. In in the future, um, you'll have a persona using you know like it'll generate a, a human figure, right? It'll call you like let's say Brad Pitt calls you. Yeah. And it's like. Hey Jerry, like tell me about this this weird report that I saw, and it's it's fully powered by AI, speech to text, all that stuff, and then it just asks you questions, and then you're talking to it. It goes and then it jots it all down, stores it into the database, uh, compares it, generates reports, and, and all that's being done on the fly. You're focusing on your own thing, while Brad Pitt just makes his rounds, <laughs> I guess, or whoever it is, right? Well, even this, better that I, I love that because you basically it's a great way to think about it, right? The future is, you know, maybe you do have. So right now we have what we call uh, we we perform process walkthroughs, and we do that in front of a client for the most part. Even you know now that we're kind of beyond uh, COVID and and still hybrid, but we'd like to do that in person with you. So I'm sitting here with you now, and I want to go through your process. Okay, Eamon, tell me how you go through and um, grant new access to to users to this application. Maybe it's SAP. How does it get approved, et cetera? Take me through that process. In your scenario, the so-called avatar could be talking to you, but could also be doing a walkthrough with someone else at the same time, mm -hmm. asking those questions and gathering that information and providing suggestions. Um, right now, we do that manually, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I could see that happening where we could be doing process walkthroughs in an automated fashion in an AI fashion yeah uh, with that so-called avatar <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Brad Pitt would be a good avatar you know lots of people but <laughs> I think I think that uh, you know human beings are they're gonna gravitate towards um they they're they find that when they deal with more attractive people they're more likely to divulge information I, I'm just it's weird but if it works, it works, right? And it's yeah. not going to be bright. It's going to be generated on the fly, right? It's going right. to it's going to look like some human being. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, we have to work with what works for people. The key there that I think about too. So I always put my risk hat on, or I just think about you know some elements of you know not not even what could go wrong, just an element of what could slow it down. Um, I think the other side of it, you lose the human element, right? So you lose the fact. Because uh, we even with ChatGPT, there's risks, right? Um, you lose the ability to be able to interact with that individual. 
right? Mm. Uh, so someone actually, so I'm sitting here talking to the avatar in a process walkthrough. I'm not going to get the the laughter and the communal feel. I mean, that could be, that could be right? programmed. Yeah, in some <laughs> ways, in some ways. But I will say then, then there's some societal elements to that. Sure, right? sure. I don't want to do that, right? Right. And, and one of the things that we pride ourselves in consulting quite a bit is being in front of the client. So I guess, you know, as we wrap this up, um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how all of these innovations will affect the profession itself. Mm -hmm. Because it seems like the common thread across all industries and all professions is AI will basically um, make the orchestration side more important. So it's not so much the tedious stuff, but now we need a leader to lead the effort or, or, or orchestrate, you know, like yeah. a maestro. Um, so what do you think is going to happen? And I, obviously, you know, I won't hold you to it. No bets here. But what do you think will happen to the, the audit profession? Well, look, I think I, so it's something that it's near and dear to me because um, I've been talking about this for quite a while. Uh, I even go back to the firm that I was with prior to coming to Eisner, uh, Eisner Amper. And, you know, I helped them really you know, perform their audits. And this is, I'm going back to the days when there were floppy disks, right? But what we haven't realized is there's still more that we can do with auditing through the technology. Um, and I think that's, that unfortunately hasn't made its way into the full audit process, which at some point it will. And it is happening today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, that's where we were. And then where we're, where we're going to go with all of this, I think is, um, for you to actually be an auditor, I think you're going to have a technology background. And I, you know, look, I've spent a lot of time yeah. talking to accountants about this. Uh, I was actually coached into it. Um, when I was in, in college, I had an internship and fantastic mentor, CFO of the company, uh, coached me into the fact that I had passion for technology. He saw the light and said, try double majoring in IS and accounting and see where that takes you. That was one of only a few at the time that that was doing that it was actually hard for me when we talked about arthur anderson they were still around i was unable to get a job with the big five at the time actually it was still big eight it turned to big five very quickly after i graduated but and then big four and then big four i couldn't get a job with the big the big eight big five big four uh without having at least two to three years of this experience because i wanted to go straight into consulting on the on the technology side uh, they wanted me to do audit first, like regular audit for two years. Right. Um, and I said, well, I don't really want to do that. So I ended up working, you know, for the for the government actually for a little over a year and then started an IT consulting practice with this firm in New York that I'm talking about prior to coming here. But ultimately, you know. I think everyone, right? Uh, that's the trend. It seems like everyone now needs to be a technologist. You're, yeah. It, it doesn't matter what profession it is. If you're an artist now, you need to, you need to know technology. Yeah. Yeah, I was joking with uh, my my niece uh, had her birthday yesterday, and I was joking with her. She's fifteen, and um, I was I was telling the family last night I'm going to be doing a podcast tomorrow, and they were like, "Oh, what about?" I said, "Well, we're going to talk a little bit about ChatGPT," and they're like, "Really? What are you going to What are you going to talk about?" My nephew, who's who's going to be seventeen this summer, uh, he was more intrigued by it because he's doing some some stuff in high school on on uh, just emerging tech and some on ChatGPT, and I just said. Look, at the end of the day, we, we have to embrace the fact that we have these tools in front of us yes. and this technology in front of us. And I think in the accounting world, we did see it. It's there. 
it just never made its way into our world until right. later. It's it's a accounting is always an auditing has always been a lagger with adopting, which technology. makes sense because they're more conservative, they're risk averse, yeah, right. so they wait and see, and then they right. pick up. I think know. there needs to be more of a sandbox type play with this where you, you, there's you, more room for experimentation. Exactly. So that's that's really what it's all about. Like. Mm -hmm. Let's try to find a way to use AI in what we do. Let's experiment. Let's be agile. Uh, so that so the reason why I'm saying all this is the mindset is going to change. It has to, which then changes the culture. So then right. maybe five years from now, the way you just described it, because well, yeah, I get it, because you just said you know, they're conservative, they're risk averse. Maybe that's going to turn the other way, or no, actually, auditing that's like emerging. That's they're they're using all the, their trailblazers. They're trailblazers, right? Yeah. They're innovators. They're creative. And look, I don't want to, you know, say that they're not today. I, I feel like I am um, in, in this world, and you know, we're just going to see more, more of it. We're going to see more right. people doing it. We're going to see you even understand it, and it's not the world that you live in. Right. Uh, and now I'm not just saying understand it. But you're able to make it better. Right. Um, so. And it can be applied across all the scales. Small right. businesses now can afford to do it because the innovation has made it within reach. Yeah. It's not just for Fortune 500s anymore. Exactly. Exactly. I remember in another example, I remember when blockchain was, was just starting um, to kind of gain some momentum, not really in mainstream at all, definitely not into the internal audit world. And I invited a friend of mine who really was a trailblazer on the, and he's the one that invited me to the accounting blockchain alliance, et cetera. He wrote a book on being the blockchain accountant, um, the first, and I'm going back almost 10 years now. So when I brought it probably eight years ago, seven, eight years ago to the internal audit world, I was actually, um, it, it was met with resistance. Like, wait a second. I'm mm. not even sure what this is. I don't know. I convinced them to do it, and it was more of a, we had an event on the topic. People right. don't understand it. It's going to be over their head, and they're going to think crypto. And that's really when actually Bitcoin was just starting, which is interesting. Mm. Um, probably should have bought some. <laughs> um, and we all should have. Yeah, exactly. Money. It's, it's, the, that's, hey, it's, it's always too, the case. It's not right? too late. So that's what I always tell people. So that uh, was actually very low at the time. I'm saying like maybe it was, it was dollars at the time. Um, but ultimately we did it and it was interesting because I was quite surprised that there were probably about a hundred people in the audience for that, you know, couple of hour session on this. And, and I kind of moderated it with my friend. Um, and he, and I went to, he and I went to college together and he was, he was always a trailblazer in this space. And, it, and I was quite surprised there were probably 25% of the audience understood it for sure. And they came with a lot of questions. Mm. But then it was, what are we going to do with this information? What, what do we do now? Yeah. Like, how do we like, now build next? this into the model? And, right. you know, so we have to figure that out. Now, look, we're seven, eight years later. And I don't know that I can't necessarily tell you now that we're that much further along. I mean, we are. We are in, in theory, but in theory not, we are. maybe not in practice just yet. Exactly. And I think that's what we're going to see. That's that, that eye drop that you're going to put, the dropper you're going to put in the water that makes it fizz. I think now we're going to have that moment and we're going to see more of it come out. So I always try to coach, you know, our people and others as best I can to kind of pay it forward in some way where it's, you know, it, please make sure you're focused on this. Uh, it's imperative. I just had a conversation with someone that's been 
you know, in the business even longer than I have. And unfortunately, he was part of a layoff and he was asking me, like, what do you think I, I need to do? And other than just culturally mindset focused, et cetera, be mindful and, you know, meditate as well. Mm -hmm. uh, get yourself back to a state where you can be creative. Go into this, do more on the technology side, get those certifications, do more of the learning and um, understand it. Because he was in a space where he, he unfortunately didn't have enough of that in his background. I think that advice is for everybody. Yeah. Um, just keep yeah. developing yourself. Absolutely. And you'll always be in demand. I mean, I always tell people, though, there's always a place in the world for people that work hard. Yeah. And um, AI won't change that. I think that it's just going to maybe modify yeah. where people find value and hopefully for the better. I love that. So I love that. Work ethic always starts. That's where the that's where the culture begins. Yeah. Right. And you and yeah. then with others. And hard work. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate, you know, you coming on here and talking about all this. Uh it's obvious that there's a lot of really exciting stuff and, and hopefully that means that um, you know, we generate more efficiency for society and, and that means consumers have more choices and, and better lives. Uh so thanks again for your time. Oh, thank you. Hopefully, hopefully we, my pleasure. This we is can awesome. See if Brad Pitt is uh, <laughs> becomes the future of audit. There you go, Brad Pitt, the future of audit. Okay, <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry.